Welcome to Zichud Avsi, my name is Abraham Gold. Hi, and today we're Zechus Nadarim, Daf Ein Gimel, the 10th Perik, Nar Marasa. So the three types we're going to focus on. Number one, Rami Barachama inquired, Cherish Maushi Yafir Ishto, can a deaf man revoke Nadarim of his wife? He explained that if you'll conclude regarding the inquiry of the previous Daf that one does not need to hear his wife's Nadarim to revoke them, perhaps that's only because he's capable of hearing them, but someone deaf who is incapable of hearing them might not be able to revoke them. This is based on a principle taught by Rabbi Zera. Any mincha which is fit for mixing, the mixing is not critical to it, and even if it's not mixed, the mincha is valid. And any mincha which is not fit for mixing, the mixing is critical, and the lack of mixing invalidates the mincha. Or do we say that the Torah did not intend the husband's hearing as a requirement at all? Rabbi brought a brisa that explicitly excludes a deaf person from revoking his wife's nadari. Point number two, the Gemara asks, Can a husband revoke Nadarim of two wives simultaneously? Is the word her in the Pasuk of Hafar meant specifically to only allow a Hafar of one wife at a time or not? The run adds that the same question can be posed about a father revoking his daughter's Nadarim. The Gemara resolves the inquiry from a Brisa about a sota. Ein mashkin shte sotos ba'achas. We do not give two sotas to drink at once. Because her heart is encouraged by her friend. Meaning, a possibly guilty sota will be encouraged to insist on her innocence when she sees her innocent friend stand fast in her own denial. Rebuta says that this is not the reason. Rather, it's a scriptural decree from the Pasuk saying, Vishka osa, and he shall give her to drink, implying her alone and not two. The run says, based on Sota Daf Ches Amadav, that both Tanaim agree to the drasha, but disagree to its reasoning and parameters. Thus, the Gemara proves that the word her is intended specifically, and one cannot revoke two wives in the Darim at once. And pointing with you, the next mission speaks about an Arusu who has reached the time by which Nasun was supposed to be performed, and the husband must support her as if she were a Nasua. Rabbi Eliezer says, Since her husband is obligated in her support, he can revoke her Nadarim. The Chamim hold that he cannot revoke Nadarim until she enters his domain with actual Nesuin. Rabbi posits that Rabbi Yezir's opinion reflects that of the Mishnah Rishonah, the initial teaching, which ruled that after the appointed time of Nesuin passes, the Arusa of Akon Me'itruma, Midaraisa, even an Arusa of Akon Me'itruma, but the Rabban forbade it for one of two concerns discussed in Ksubas Daf Nunzayin base, which are diminished when the time for Nesuin passes. Both opinions seem to treat an Arusa supported by the husband as somewhat like a Nesuin. Abai says they may not be the same because the missionary Shona was only discussing a rabbinic concern, and Nadarim is a derisa issue. Rebbe Eliezer's opinion, on the other hand, may be based on the principle of Rav Pinchas in the name of Rava. Anyone who vows, vows according to the will of her husband. Thus, because he supports her, even though she's not truly a Nesua, he may revoke her Nadarim because she subjects her Nadarim to his decision. So once again, the three points are, number one, Rami Barakham inquired, Can a deaf man revoke Nadarim of his wife? He explained that if you'll conclude regarding the inquiry of the previous doubt that one does not need to hear his wife's Nadarim to revoke them, perhaps that's only because he's capable of hearing them, but someone deaf who is incapable of hearing them might not be able to revoke them. This is based on a principle taught by Rabbi Zera. Any mincha which is fit for mixing, the mixing is not critical to it, and even if it's not mixed, the mincha is valid. And any mincha which is not fit for mixing, the mixing is critical, and the lack of mixing invalidates the mincha. 
Or do we say that the Torah did not intend the husband's hearing as a requirement at all? Rabbi brought a Bryce that explicitly excludes a deaf person from revoking his wife's Nadari. Point number two, the Gemara asks, Can a husband revoke Nadarim of two wives simultaneously? Is the word her in the Pasuk of Hafar meant specifically to only allow a Hafar of one wife at a time or not? The run adds that the same question can be posed about a father revoking his daughter's Nadarim. The Gemara resolves the inquiry from Abraisa about a sota. Ein mashkin shte sotos ba'achas. We do not give two sotas to drink at once. Because her heart is encouraged by her friend. Meaning, a possibly guilty sota will be encouraged to insist on her innocence when she sees her innocent friend stand fast in her own denial. Rebuta says that this is not the reason. Rather, it's a scriptural decree from the Pasuk saying, Vishka osa, and he shall give her to drink, implying her alone and not two. The run says, based on Sota Daf Ches that both Tanaim agree to the drasha, but disagree to its reasoning and parameters. Thus, the Gemara proves that the word her is intended specifically, and one cannot revoke two wives in the Darim at once. And pointing with you, the next mission speaks about an Arusu who has reached the time by which Nasun was supposed to be performed, and the husband must support her as if she were a Nasua. Rabbi Eliezer says, Since her husband is obligated in her support, he can revoke her Nadarim. The Chamim hold that he cannot revoke Nadarim until she enters his domain with actual Nesuin. Rabbi posits that Rabbi Yezir's opinion reflects that of the Mishnah Rishonah, the initial teaching, which ruled that after the appointed time of Nesuin passes, the Arusa of Akon Me'itruma, Midaraisa, even an Arusa of Akon Me'itruma, but the Rabban forbade it for one of two concerns discussed in Ksubas Daf Nun base, which are diminished when the time for Nesuin passes. Both opinions seem to treat an Arusa supported by the husband as somewhat like a Nesuin. Abai says they may not be the same because the missionary Shona was only discussing a rabbinic concern, and Nadarim is a derisa issue. Rebbe Eliezer's opinion, on the other hand, may be based on the principle of Rav Pinchas in the name of Rava. Anyone who vows, vows according to the will of her husband. Thus, because he supports her, even though she's not truly a Nesua, he may revoke her Nadarim because she subjects her Nadarim to his decision. All right, so now we go to our Simr Dafa Ein Gimel, and this one was suggested to us by Charlie Myerson from Scottsdale, Arizona. He suggested that Ein Gimel is a giant ostrich egg. A giant ostrich egg. All right, so here goes. The deaf man mixing the giant ostrich egg's yolk and white in a tiny mixing bowl splattered the yolk on the face of the man who was being made for the Nadarim of two wives at one time, but not those Nadarim of Azarusa who reached the appointed time for marriage. Once again, it's a motion. The deaf man mixing the giant ostrich egg's yolk. Giant ostrich egg? That must be one of Ein Gimel. The deaf man mixing the giant ostrich egg's yolk and white in a tiny mixing bowl, which reminds us. Rami Barakama inquired, Can a deaf man revoke Nadarim of his wife? If one does not need to hear his wife's Nadarim to revoke them, perhaps that's only because he's capable of hearing them, but someone deaf who is incapable of hearing them might not be able to revoke them. This is based on the principle taught by Rabbi Zera, any mincha, which is fit for mixing, the mixing is not critical to it, and even if it's not mixed, the mincha is valid. And any mincha which is not fit for mixing, the mixing is critical, and the lack of mixing invalidates the mincha. Or do we say that the Torah did not intend the husband's hearing as a requirement at all? So the deaf man mixing the giant ostrich eggs yolk and white in a tiny mixing bowl splattered the yolk on the face of the man who was being made for the Nadarim of two wives at one time. Which reminds us, the Gemara asks, Can a husband revoke the Nadarim of two wives simultaneously? 
Osa Davka or Rav Davka? Is the word her in the Pasuk of Hafar meant specifically to only allow Hafar of one wife at a time or not? So the deaf man mixing the giant ostrich eggs yolk and white in a tiny mixing bowl splattered the yolk on the face of the man who was being made for the Nadarim of two wives at one time, but not those Nadarim of his Arusa who reached the appointed time for marriage. Which reminds us, the next mission speaks about an Arusa who has reached the time by which Nasun was supposed to be performed and the husband must support her as if she were Nasua. Rabbi Eliezer says, since her husband is chayv in her mazonos, he can revoke her Nadarim. The Chachamim hold that he cannot revoke Nadarim until she enters his domain with the actual Nasuan. So once again, the deaf man mixing the giant ostrich eggs yolk and white in a tiny mixing bowl splattered the yolk on the face of the man who is being made for the Nadarim of two wives at one time, but not those Nadarim of Azarusa who reached the appointed time for marriage. All right, so now it's time for Forbara Ba'chazara. Dav Samach So the similar Dav Samach is soot, and we often use a chimney sweep. So here goes. The chimney sweep, chimney sweep, that must mean daf samachtes, sut. The chimney sweep who learned that his afara of his arusa's daughter's netter from cleaning chimneys was mikosh kalish, and he therefore cannot be made for the portion of the chassan who died before hearing of the netter, which reminds us, if a father revoked the vow of his daughter and the husband died before hearing of it, according to Beishamai, Chozer Abu Mefer Chalkoshobal, the father repeats and revokes the portion of the husband, but Beishil will say that the father cannot revoke the netter. The Gemara explains the Machlok is thus resolving the inquiry on the previous daf. According to Beishabah's Megas guys, the first party's hafar cuts away half of the netter, leaving the other half intact. When the husband dies, that half falls to the father's domain, and he can revoke it. According to Basilo, Mikosh Kalish, he weakens the entire netter. This weakened remainder of the netter cannot be transferred to the father's domain at the husband's death, so the father cannot revoke it. So the chimney sweep who learned that his afara of his arusa's daughter's netter from cleaning chimneys was Mikosh Kalish, and he therefore cannot be made for the portion of the chassan who died before hearing of the netter. Wondered if he can seek a nomen of his afara, which reminds us, Rava asked, Yesha el bahakim or Ainsha el bahakim? Is there a nomen for hakam of a netter or not? Do we say that just as one can seek a nomen of a netter from a chacham, he can do the same with his akama, which is akin to a netter, which would reinstate his ability to revoke the netter that day or not? Rava continued, if we would conclude that it is possible to annul hakama, yesha el bahafer or ainsha el bahafer? Is there even a nomen for hafara or not? Would it be possible for someone who had already revoked a netter rendering a void to annul the hafara and reinstate the netter? So the chimney sweep who learned that his hafara of a Zerusa daughter's netter from cleaning chimneys was Mikosh Kalish, and he therefore could not be made for the portion of the chassan who died before hearing of the netter, wondered if he can seek annulment of his hafara. But the chacham was busy dealing with the case of one who made a hakama contingent on a hafara, which reminds us the more discusses what if one made a hakama contingent on a hafara. Daf Ayn, so the symbol of Daf Ayn is an eye doctor. So here goes. The confused receptionist at the eye doctor's office who told the young patient that her appointment was confirmed for her today, which might mean it's revoked for her tomorrow, and that her appointment was confirmed for her for an hour and revoked after an hour, suggested that perhaps she should speak to her father and Hassan, who each have an advantage over the other regarding Hafara. Once again, it's slow motion. The confused receptionist, the eye doctor's office. Eye doctor's office? That must be Ron Duff. Ian. Eye doctor. The confused receptionist at the eye doctor's office, who told the young patient that her appointment was confirmed for her today, which might mean it's revoked for her tomorrow, which reminds us, Rabbah had asked, if one said, Kaim it is confirmed for you today, 
Do we say implicit in his words is the converse and it is a revoke for you tomorrow, which the Gemara now assumes would be valid? He then asks, if one said, it is a revoke for you tomorrow, do we say imply that today it would be confirmed and it can no longer be revoked? Or do we say that since he did not explicitly confirm for today, the revocation is valid? So the confused receptionist at the eye doctor's office who told the young patient that her appointment was confirmed for her today, which might mean it is revoked for her tomorrow, and that her appointment was confirmed for her for an hour and revoked after an hour, which reminds us a final inquiry was posed. If we say, that confirmed for you an hour is not considered revoked because the implied hafar was not expressed, what if he explicitly said confirmed for you for an hour and revoked after an hour? Does the temporary akama make the netter confirmed, or is the hafar afterwards valid since it was on the same day? So the confused receptionist at the eye doctor's office, who told the young patient that her appointment was confirmed for her today, which might mean it is revoked for her tomorrow, and that her appointment was confirmed for her for an hour, and revoked after an hour, suggested that perhaps she should speak to her father and chassan, who each have an advantage over the other regarding hafara, which reminds us the next mission teaches that the father and husband each have an advantage in hafara. If the father dies, the right to revoke Nadarim is not transferred to the husband. But if the husband dies, the right to revoke Nadarim is transferred to the father. It then teaches the relative advantage of the husband, that the husband can revoke her Nadarim after she reaches Bagras, and the father cannot. So the simmer Daf Ein Alf is a donkey going E-R. So here goes. The donkey driver, donkey driver, that must remember Daf Ein Alf, E-R. The donkey driver who came to pick up his poor daughter, who vowed as an Arusa, and then was divorced and betrothed, and divorced a hundred times that day, which reminds us. The next mission states, Nadra vihi Arusa, Nisgar she vowed as an Arusa, and was divorced on that day, Nisgar Shibobiyom, Afilu Amea, and then she was betrothed again, even to a hundred men successfully, Avia Ubao Acharon Mefirin in the Reha. Her father and last husband may jointly revoke her Nadarim. So the donkey driver who came to pick up his poor daughter who vowed as an Arusa and then was divorced and betrothed and divorced a hundred times that day would heard her last Arus be made for her Nadarim that the first Arus could have revoked which reminds us, Gemara asks where do we know that the last husband may even revoke Nadarim that were fit for the first husband to revoke? Shmuel provides a source and if she will be married to a man and her Nadarim are upon her this implies even the darn that were upon her from before can be revoked by the second husband. So the donkey driver who came to pick up his poor daughter who vowed as an Arusa and then was divorced and betrothed and divorced a hundred times that day heard her last Arus be made for her Nadarim that the first Arus could have revoked because he was concerned that divorce might be equal to a Hakama and he might remarry her that day. Which reminds us, the Gemara inquires, Gerashin Kishtikadamya o Kahakamadamya. Is divorce equal to silence or hakama? The run explains that since the husband is aware that by divorcing her, he will not be able to revoke her nadarim, divorcing her without revoking her nadarim may be tantamount to a hakama of her nadarim, similar to silence for a full day. The more explains the practical outcome of this inquiry. In a case where she vowed and her husband heard, and he divorced her and remarried her on the same day. Dafine base of the simple Dafine base is a thick piece of birthday cake. So here goes. The man who divorced his wife who made a netter not tea from his birthday cake, birthday cake that must be more duff, I am base, a thick piece of birthday cake. 
The man who divorced his wife who made a netter not to eat from his birthday cake and then remarried her the same day and was unable to make for a netter from before the marriage. Which reminds the Gemara attempts to prove that a divorce is like a coming from a mission which states that if a woman vowed on that day and her husband divorced her and remarried her on that day, he cannot revoke the netter. Apparently he cannot revoke the netter because the divorce was tantamount to Akama. The Gemara answers Hakaba Nesua asking, here we are speaking about a Nesua. And the husband cannot revoke Nadarim from the previous marriage because he can never revoke Nadarim from before his marriage except where she remained in Arusa and in the father's domain. So the man who divorced his wife who made a netter not to eat from his birthday cake and then remarried her the same day and was unable to make for her netter from before the marriage realized that there was so much noise at the party that he wouldn't be able to hear her Nadarim. Which reminds us, Rami Barakama inquired, Can the husband revoke Nadarim without hearing them? Do we say that the Pasuk which states for Shami Isha and her husband heard is a prerequisite for Hafara or not? So, the man who divorced his wife who made a netter not to eat from his birthday cake and then remarried her the same day and was unable to make for her netter from before the marriage realized that there was so much noise at the party that he wouldn't be able to hear her nadarim. So he made a shaliach for the remainder of the party to revoke all her vows. Which reminds us that this malchokas of a shaliach can revoke nadarim. Alright, so now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff we have a question if a husband can revoke Nadarim without hearing them? That's on Duff. I am based. Good. Number two, which stuff do we have a question whether a husband can revoke the Nadarim of two wives simultaneously? That's on Duff. I am Gimel. Good. Number three, which stuff do we have a question if divorce is equal to silence or Hakama? That's on Duff. I know. Good. Number four. Which of the women that a father and a chasm both jointly annul the nether of a narhamarasa? That's on Duff. Son of Zion. Good. Number five. Which of the women that if a woman vowed as an arusa and was divorced on that day and then was betrothed again even to a hundred men successively, her father and last husband may jointly revoke her nadarim? That's on Duff. Ein off. Good number six. Which of the one that the father and husband each have an advantage in Hafara? That's on Duff. Ein. Good number seven. Which stuff you have a question whether a deaf man can revoke his wife's Nadarim? That's on Duff. Ein Gimel. Good number eight. Which of the one if a woman vowed on a day and her husband divorced her and remarried her on that day? Ein Yachol Hafer. He cannot revoke the nether from a previous marriage. That's on Duff. I'm based. Good number nine. Which stuff you have a question whether a husband can revoke the Nadarm of an Arusa who has reached the time by which the Nasuan was supposed to be performed and the husband must support her as if she were a Nasua? That's on Duff. I'm Gimel. Good. And number ten. Which stuff do we have a machokas if a Sholiach can revoke Nadarm? That's on Duff. I am based. Excellent. That concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Avram Goldham Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.